And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Dick Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and it's great to have every one of you tuned in to today's program. We have a great program prepared for you today. So I want to encourage you to get your Bibles ready and also something to take notes as we're going to encourage you in today's study. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I you so much for this opportunity to study your word. Uh, Lord, And we live in difficult times, as you know, and we need encouragement. And I thank you for Second Timothy, uh, how, Lord, that will encourage us as we read through it. I pray you'll just speak through Vic and I, and uh, Lord, give that blessing of encouragement to everybody who's tuned in. We thank you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning into our Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones, as we're talking about encouragement in suffering. So I want you to think about this and consider this. What would you tell someone if you knew your last days on earth were going to be right on top of you? Also, what words of encouragement would you share with someone if these were going to be your last days? And what memories would you share with those individuals so that they will be encouraged as they consider your life? Nathan and I are going to talk about that in today's program. So you want to stay tuned and get your Bibles there to 2 Timothy chapter 1. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan if he would uh, just uh, share a quick hello with you and share what we do in the ministry. Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, folks, I welcome you to The Truth Will Set You Free. It's a podcast ministry of uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries. Vic and I are both evangelists with Lamb and Lion Ministries. And folks might know us more from our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which is now in its 19th season and hard to believe on all the major Christian networks. Uh, you can check us out at ChristinProphecy.org. That's our website. It's filled with videos, articles, magazines, social media, newsletters, teaching material. Uh, we want you to get excited about the Lord's soon return, because that's what the ministry's purpose is, to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ to as many as people as we can, as quickly as we can, before Jesus returns. Ooh, thank you so much, Nathan. And that was our welcome and hello and welcome to the program, Nathan. Thank you for sharing that wonderful information. <laughs> uh, that's great. And Nathan, you know, I was thinking, is there, there is, as we're talking about, as we're going to be talking about encouragement, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Before the program, you and I were talking about uh, this whole mask thing and the COVID pandemic. And it seems like, at least in Texas, some things might be lifting with masks and all that. Well, as of this recording, this is the one year anniversary of when the COVID lockdowns began. Wow. Hard to believe my kids were home for spring break and we happened in the middle of it. And this week happens to be spring break. And then they're like, well, we're going to extend it to two weeks of spring break. Remember that to flatten the curve just two weeks. This would all be over. <laughs> and, uh, and then that two weeks became two months and they finished their school online. And that uh, a year later here in Texas, uh, our governor, Governor Abbott, finally lifted the mask mandate. And then uh, four other states followed. And so I don't know. I haven't been outside the ministry today to see what that looks like. Uh, uh, school systems are saying, oh, we're going to keep the masks. Stores, some are saying we're going to keep the masks. I think most Texas being free-spirited are more likely to be open. Uh, of course, there's a lot of vaccines going out there too. So there's talking about herd immunity. Uh, of course, uh, a lot of blue states are making fun of the red states for opening up. But, you know, it's got to end at some point, right? I mean, absolutely you can't wear masks and, and, and live like this. I mean, I look around and see movie theaters closed and the buildings for sale, restaurants that I 
love to go to or closed stores of closed people out of work. Uh, you know, we're on the top of the world. Remember when President Trump gave the State of the Union speech and it seemed like America had hit hit the high note. And then a week later, it all came crashing down. So the Lord uh, can raise you up and he can bring you down just as fast. And I just pray, man, that whatever lessons the Lord has wanted us to learn from this experience, that we will have learned them. You know, Nathan, and you're absolutely right. It's just sad, the fear factor that's uh, happening around the world in churches and Christians. And it's really becoming a, 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 a grip on our society, a spiritual cloud that has come over people when it comes to fellowship and, and, and coming together. And people are so there's, there has been so much fear that has been instilled in society through this year that it's hard for people now to find it uh to going back to normality and and you and I recognize that to be a danger it's a spiritual battle people need to be encouraged people need to recognize that we need to keep our eyes on the lord uh and yes we 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 need to use wisdom uh social distancing washing our hands uh, all that kind of stuff that we would do if we knew we were around someone who was sick and we tell people hey if you're sick don't go around other people but this whole fear nathan has really gripped and taken over so many people that they're living in fear rather than living in the hope and victory that is ours yeah it's crazy you go to stores and you see people all looking warily at each other all you can see is their eyes their sense of identity has been taken uh, some people uh, are, are now terrified of the vaccines instead of thinking it's a thing of hope that it's a horrible Thing and it's going to be dangerous and uh, hearing reports some people react to them but for the most part it doesn't seem like people are, are getting sick or dying or becoming uh you know legions of the antichrist it's not that it, it it's there's a lot of fear factor going on a lot of bible prophecy ministries spreading fear about the vaccine which right it turned down uh, and, and you know it's up to the individual whether they think they should take it or not but uh, it's just endless fear, man, and uh, it's the yes. same because we know that when the tribulation comes, it's a time of great fear. Uh, uh, Jeremiah 30, verse 7 calls it the time of Jacob's trouble. It's a troubling time, but we're not in that yet. We're in the birth pains part that Jesus said would lead up to it. Uh, but as Christians, we're not supposed to be fearful, right? Absolutely. Nathan, you made a very good point. And that's why you and I are focusing on encouragement and keeping people focused on the reality of what the Bible has to say. That's why you and I try to stay away uh, from this whole sensationalism, fear factor of prophecy, gloom and doom, because there's so much of that already out there. And I find it to be, Nathan, actually very discouraging. Instead of building up the body like the Bible tells us to, we find is really uh, putting fear. And now you and I, we share certain things pertaining to Bible prophecy that is a little bit fearful, but we don't tend to use that to sell our program or promote our program or use sensationalism, where I think people are just gravitating to the wrong type of thing. And rather than being built up and encouraged, they're being discouraged and fearful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, it might get you more attention on YouTube or sell a book or something like that, but Bible prophecy isn't meant to be a discouragement. Matter of fact, it's called the blessed hope. <laughs> right. Encouraged by Bible prophecy because we learn that Jesus is in control and all things will come together for his purposes. Jesus Christ will return in victory and the church will rule and reign with him over this earth and into the eternal state. And so that's meant to get us excited. So when we get the big picture view, and I think that's what people are lacking, they're, they're too busy looking around and seeing this this ground level view of life, but Bible prophecy gives us that 30,000 foot view, like how God sees things. And when you see things that way, 
Uh, it brings a peace and contentment and dissipates the fear. Mm, excellent point. Thank you, Nathan. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, uh, watching us on social media and the like, again, you're tuned into a truth will set you free, Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. We're talking about encouragement in suffering. And that's what we find in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1. Paul encouraging young Timothy in the thing that he's going to be facing in the future. So with that, we're going to go ahead and, and go to 2 Timothy 1. Nathan, will you be able to read for us verses 8 through 12 as we continue in this wonderful study? Absolutely. So we're going to continue what we did last week with 2 Timothy, starting in verse 8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Mm. Oh, man. Thank you, Nathan. What a wonderful passage. You know, Nathan, verse eight. Uh, it's just amazing. Now, of course, maybe some people missed um, last week's program, Nathan. Might you be able to recap there? Because we were talking about, again, Paul uh, sharing with young Timothy. Uh, and also Paul is pretty much at the end of his life almost at this point, right? Right. Although it hasn't stopped him from long run-on sentences. Has it? <laughs> it never does. <laughs> you you can't get a breather in there. Reading a 8 through uh, 11 is all one, one sentence. But yeah, <laughs> Paul is here at the end of his life. He's at the end of his ministry. He's in prison in Rome. He's been sentenced to be beheaded. He knows that's coming. And this is his last letter. And it's his last letter to his protege, his, his spiritual successor, Timothy. And so he's really very personal in it, not just preachy or teachy, but this is kind of like if you think about you were dying of cancer or whatever, you know, what would your last message be knowing that you're going to die shortly? And that's what Paul's doing here. He's, he's giving this encouraging message to Timothy. Here, Paul has the worst of it, you know. If you know you're going to die and if you know that uh, this is the end of your life, you could get really kind of depressing and, and sullen and, and have regrets, but... Uh, instead, uh, Paul is sitting here and saying, no, I'm not ashamed of how I got here in prison. I got here in prison because I shared the gospel and I was called to do it. And Timothy, you're called to do it. So I want to encourage you. And that what a testimony, man, when you think about it here, you know, Paul should be down. People should be encouraging him. And yet here he is encouraging his protege, Timothy. That's you know Nathan. That is amazing. That's one thing that you always find about uh, Paul. He he's not looking for a pity party. He's not looking for a woes is uh, you oh poor Paul you're in jail. As a matter of fact, he's saying hey you know what. Uh, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Uh, and I think Nathan, too, is like some people, they might not want to be associated if they found out that Nathan Jones is in jail. They'd be like, I don't want to. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Paul expresses it. He, he does say that everyone's left me. I mean, there's nobody here who is staying with me in the last minute. And uh, so Paul, in the end, felt rather betrayed, too. Not that I don't think he was betrayed. I mean, clearly. It was safer for some of his followers to not be there and to be out there preaching the gospel and continuing the work. Uh, but, you know, here Paul had poured his life in these people and 
you know, I guess he was kind of hoping they'd be there to the last minute and they weren't. And so Paul is, there is a little bit of a pity party in there, but for the most part, he, yeah, he's like, Hey, I've run the good race. I fought the good fight. I've reached the end. And he says, I am not ashamed. I don't sit here and say, you know, I can't believe Jesus called me and I had to preach the gospel and here I'm in jail. Woe is the Christian life. No, he's like, Hey, I was called to do it. This was a wonderful thing. And, and I'm not ashamed that for the reason I'm in prison. And I hope we get to that point in our lives, too, where we can look at back and say, I used my life well for the purpose mm-hmm. of the Lord, just as I was called. Wow, that is wonderful. You know, Nathan, <laughs> verse 8, I, I was noticing the word share. And not too often do, do we invite people to share with us in our suffering. I, I don't remember ever calling you, Nathan, and say, hey, Nathan, would you share in the suffering with me? <laughs> I think you would say, Nick, I think you're, you're going to be alone on this one. <laughs> Well, I hope not to be a fair weather friend, but you know, that's how you find most people are. You think that they're your friends until things go bad. Uh, one of my favorite books and movies is The Ultimate Gift. It's about this rich, entitled kid whose grandfather had passed away. He's a billionaire and he wants to leave his inheritance to the grandson, but the grandson hasn't quite learned uh, the value of money and work and friends and all. So, one of the things that the grandfather does as a condition of the will is to have the kid's trust fund revoked. So now he's got no money whatsoever, and he finds immediately his girlfriend, his be- his friends, people that the- they hung around him all the time. You know, they were parasites. They disappeared. And he realized that this poor little girl who was dying of cancer was his only friend, and uh, it makes you realize who your friends are. So, yes, uh, uh, Paul's experiencing that, too. He's, uh, again, I don't want to say that Luke and all these other guys that traveled with with Paul were fair weather friends, but Paul's kind of feeling that a little bit at the end here. And uh, so you can't blame him for feeling that he's a little abandoned, but he knows that Jesus is with him. And through his letters, he can continue to reach those people who couldn't be there in person. No, absolutely. And Nathan, you know, Paul also recognizes Timothy's going to be facing some serious challenges. He's trying to encourage him. And it's interesting, right, Nathan, because uh, the Apostle Paul and then the Apostle John both experienced times of being alone, being in jail, uh, being uh, apart from others. And yet they find ways uh, to kind of let people know where they are and to encourage them. And, and Revelation 1.9 is also one of those verses. Would you be able to take us there, Nathan, uh, to a Revelation uh, 1.9? Sure. And thank you for that musical interlude. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh here, John says in Revelation 1.9, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Sorry, Nathan. And, and uh, yeah, that was the, our intro music there. <laughs> was- you, like, you like the classic ringtone, don't you? <laughs> Nathan, what I love about what you just read, you know, here's the Apostle Paul. And he is sharing with the audience, you know, he's getting this amazing revelation and people only think of John and the book of Revelation for his revelation, but they forget where he was at that time. And um, how when you read those verses, uh, he makes it very clear, uh, you know, that he he's talking to individuals to sharing in the suffering, sharing in the challenges. And sometimes in ministry, those of us that are serving the Lord ministry, we're going to find ourselves also sharing in suffering. Yeah, well, when Paul was writing, he was, it was about 65, 60, 67, I believe, is when he wrote this last letter. 
to Timothy. Well, then we got up to 95 AD, almost 30 years later, we got John. And John, likewise, uh, the emperor had exiled him to the prison island of Patmos. So here's this, this 95-year-old or 96-year-old man who's uh, being trapped on this island. And uh, he's having to uh, survive a prison island. And he's living in this, basically, a hole in the ground. And, and he's just, oh, it's just awful. The poor guy. And yet he's sitting here talking about, uh, you know, he's a companion in the tribulations and the kingdom. In other words, this life, with all its problems and the fall and the curse and, and humanity being inhumane to humanity, it's all going to pass away. And, and these guys, they had the 30,000 foot view. Yeah, they succumbed to certain weaknesses of the flesh that would make them be troubled or doubtful at times. But for the most part, they saw that big picture and they knew that better times were coming, that they were building a kingdom and and that the Lord let them contribute to building that kingdom. So they had something to do in this life that, that had eternal consequences. So, uh, yeah, both of these apostles had the right view of how to deal with trials and tribulations. And they, they, and I love that because not only that, but they both have something in common. Uh, they, it says that they were suffering for the reason of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the testimony of Christ. And, and Paul is saying to Timothy, you know what, Timothy, I'm in jail. John was in jail. But the reasons why is because we have an important message and the world might sometimes not like it. Sometimes they will uh, uh, throw us in jail. Sometimes they will beat us up. Sometimes they will cause us suffering. But that is no reason for us to shrink back from our responsibility. And even our Lord Jesus told us that in Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 through 12, how we are to react. Would you be able to take us there, Nathan, to Matthew 5, verses 11 through 12? Oh, that's that's wonderful. That's those red letters there. Uh, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Uh, you know, if anybody knew persecution, it was Jesus Christ who was, who was who came to the world to die for our sins. There was no sin in him. He was only love and healing, and yet he was killed for his message. And here he's saying, hey, they're going to hate you because of me. They're going to revile you. You're going to persecute you. I think uh, for the first time in the last 400 years, the church in the West is realizing that uh, our time of reprieve is over. Persecution is coming. It's it's uh, growing against us, and even worse, say, in China or Nigeria, where it's all-out persecution. Uh, but, hey, rejoice and be glad, because there's a reward in heaven for those who are persecuted. Mm. You know, Nathan, and that is the thing. When we're going through difficult times, when we're being persecuted, the last thing we want to do is rejoice. Somehow, uh, we're just beating ourselves up. And, and I'm not saying that it's easy, uh, you know, but at the same time, we know what awaits us. Paul the Apostle knew what awaited him. And as a matter of fact, in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus again reminded the disciples, as he's remindful to us, of the reality of the things that we're going to face. Will you be able to read for us, Nathan, John 16, 33? These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Mm. Oh, man, I love this verse, too. And Again, not to be confused, we will have tribulation. In other words, little t tribulation, trials, earthly problems. It's not talking about the capital T tribulation, a time period, a seven-year time period, as Daniel prophesied, 
where God will pour out his 21 judgments on the earth to judge the earth for its sin. Uh, that's the future. That's a time period. But here John is, and people get those confused, but no, here Jesus in John 16 is pointing to little t tribulations, the everyday persecutions, sorrows, troubles of living in a fallen world. Nathan, I'm glad you clarified that because people sometimes get confused when they read tribulation. And and, and again, we're, we're oftentimes... Um, call to not think it's strange when we're going through uh, suffering or challenges, according to Peter. But that seems to be the norm, Nathan. When we go through trials, we think we're the only ones, and, and, and it's hard to rejoice, if you would, or see any good in it. I'm learning that lesson myself, that in life, we never, we never see the full picture or how God is going to use those trials and that suffering to then teach us very important lessons of growth and maturity. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I the person who doesn't experience trials and tribulations is a very shallow, weak person. I think we're seeing that in the West here. Uh, affluenza is prevalent. Uh, at all the news this week, it should be the COVID relief bill and what a crime that is. But it's all about uh, what Prince Harry and, and uh, his wife. And, uh, oh, you know, they're feeling persecuted. Here, you know, the rich royals, the guy's supposed to be the next king and they live in it up in mansions and they're complaining. Oh, paparazzis. Oh, you know, the family doesn't quite accept us. Oh, oh, oh. And it's like, what a, they're the, like the perfect example of our modern day society who has it so good and yet can complain about having it so good. <laughs> and you want to see a person with character and depth and who has joy even through tribulation. Those are the people that have actually suffered real problems, real world problems, not first world problems. And they are spiritually deep. They're the people God's looking for. Mm. Nathan, that is amazing. And, and again, for those of you that just tuned in, you tuned into the truth will set you free. Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb, Lion Ministry. Again, we're talking about encouragement in suffering. And I hope that you have been so far following us in these verses to encourage you. Because again, we're in this together. We cannot throw in the towel, especially now with this whole COVID pandemic. I know there's a lot of individuals that right now are feeling a little bit discouraged, but there is hope according to the word of God. You know, Nathan, one of the things that we need to be reminded of is that we are called to recognize that when you in, when you become a Christian, in a sense, you are, you are enlisting in the Lord's army. We're in a spiritual battle. And, and of course, Paul reminds that to Timothy as we go back uh, to 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1 and chapters 2. And of course, we'll get to cover chapter 2. But Paul also tells Timothy, look at things also from like a soldier's uh, perspective when it comes to trials and tribulation. Would you be able to read for us, Nathan, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, if you would? Yeah, yeah. Let's look at that. It says, for which I suffered trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they may also may obtain the salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. You know, I don't think Paul could have written that to Timothy at that time and realized how true that was. I mean, he's talking about he's in chains, right? I mean, he's literally chained up. And yet he's saying the word of God is not chained. The, the, the Bible is unchained. 2,000 years later, 1,900 years later, we are still reading the words of the Lord through Paul. I bet he couldn't even imagine that, that human history would go on continuous as long as it did and that we're reading it and talking about it today. Can you imagine being in prison and find out that what you've written 
uh, is going all over the world. What is that? Um, oh, shoot. Pilgrim's Progress. Do you know Pilgrim's yes. Progress uh, was written in prison? And yet, what, 300 years later, we're still reading Pilgrim's Progress? Uh, there's a, The Lord will continue to use people even when they're restricted and enchained or locked down. Uh, the Word of God is unchained. I love that, man. I think I'm going to remember that verse from now. Second Timothy two nine, the word of God is unchained, and, and it's just a it's, it's just a wonderful passage, Nathan, because it, it just encourages us to recognize the word of God. We have it so readily available in the United States of America. Uh, what I like to do, Nathan, I like to go to the Dollar Tree, and I've been doing this for many years, and I just buy Bibles and I carry them in my car and my motorcycle, and, and I just love to give away the Bible, give away the word. It doesn't, I mean, because we have it so readily available in this country, and sometimes people forget the value that this has, and it is unchained. We can read it. We can we we can quote it to the enemy, and he has to flee. And the Bible also says that the word of God will not return void, right, Nathan? Well, I'm impressed, man. Yeah, leaving Bibles. I leave uh, those million dollar tracks around. I especially at restaurants, I'll leave one with the waiter or waitress, and and but an entire Bible. <laughs> Uh, wow, man, you have the true gift of evangelism. Well, Nathan, you know, the thing is that even uh, as, as weird as people might think this is, but people still love to receive gifts. And there's a lot of people out there who really don't have a Bible. And when you say, hey, can I give you a Bible? I have yet to have someone say no. They'll keep it. And it's almost like, wow, somebody's giving me. And to them, I find all the time it's like, people actually say thank you. So the more that we can give that word out, Nathan, who knows, maybe they might open and just read one passage, but God can use that to change their lives. So it's just a wonderful privilege that we have, you know? You've always impressed me uh, with personal, but you really excel at personal evangelism. There's different types of evangelism. Everybody is willing to say evangelist. Oh, it's that guy that knocks on your door and goes door to door. And so people are terrified of evangelism, but you are just naturally gifted at talking with people. My my gift is evangelism is is preaching and teaching. I, I large groups. I, I I'm very comfortable doing that. I I feel like I can connect with large groups, but I struggle with the personal evangelism. But brother, you you just are a natural when it comes to personal evangelism. Well, Nathan, we thank the Lord, and that's why you and I have been doing this teaching about stirring up the gifts, right? Like Paul said to Timothy, and that's what you and I are doing to our audience right now. We're, we're stirring them up to different gifts. I'm actually the opposite, Nathan. I actually get nervous in large crowds, and you are comfortable in large crowds. So you see that, and that's why the Lord puts us together. <laughs> yeah, each of us are gifted differently. That's why when the Great Commission calls us all to, to evangelism, to sharing the gospel— you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, again, you don't have to be the guy who stands on the street corner wearing a sandwich board and yelling the end is near. That isn't that isn't what the Lord's called. Some people are called to that. I, what about the guy that carried the cross back and forth America? Think of how many people uh, looked at that and remember that. I remember two different times in my life coming across that guy years apart. And what a message that that guy left. And he didn't say a word. He just walked by with the cross with a little wheel at the bottom so he didn't have to drag it. And uh, we're all gifted differently. Yeah? Uh, you have the gift. You just need to figure out how to use it. Maybe it, it's sharing the gospel uh, through family. Maybe it's through, through gifts like Vic does. Maybe it's, it's just sharing love by acts of service and people see your life and say, oh, wow, you know, that's, that's what a Christian's like. I want to be like that. 
you know, maybe you, you, you've got the boldness to proclaim from the pulpit. Uh, uh, praise the Lord. You know, the Lord uses all different. We're all gifted. God didn't send us in the Great Commission ungifted. He's not sending us out unequipped. We're all equipped. Uh, we just actually have to figure out what that gift is and exercise it. Mm, excellent. And Nathan, I think one of the best equipment is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And listen, we want to talk to you right now. I know we only have a few seconds left, but if you don't have a relationship with Jesus before we go, we want to give you that free gift to empower you and to equip you. And so that the Holy Spirit will then stir up in you his plan and his purpose for your life. So Nathan, will you be able to briefly just share with that person wherever they are, how they may start their relationship right now and let the Holy Spirit gift them? Oh, absolutely. Uh you know, I, I love the verse, First uh, Peter 2, 9, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And here Vic and I have been talking about encouragement and evangelism. And this verse really resonates because the Lord chose you. He wants you to accept his son, Jesus Christ, as, a, as your savior so that your sins can be forgiven and you can stand before the Lord holy and pure one day. That invitation has been extended to you. And if you feel the Holy Spirit tugging in your heart, like, oh, you know, it's time to accept Jesus as Savior. Now's the day. You never know when you're going to die. You never get another chance after death. This is the time to accept Jesus as Savior. And if you have accepted that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for your sins on the cross, that he resurrected from the dead, and that he is the perfect sacrifice from your sins, then pray in faith and repentance, something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus will do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. The guilt of your sins will be gone. And you will now inherit eternal life and live with Jesus forever in his home. Oh, fantastic. Nathan, thank you so much for sharing that wonderful news. And hey, if you trusted in the Lord, let us know. 305-992-9537. We would love to send you a Bible and also a Bible study guide. And let somebody know that you accepted Jesus in your area. Maybe join a church there with a, and let the pastor know that you want to be baptized. And just allow the Holy Spirit to stir you up in all the wonderful gifts and all the wonderful things that God has for you. So this week, go encouraged. We sharing this message with you so that you know how to come out victoriously out of suffering and out of challenges. So Nathan, thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing those wonderful words and encouraging our listening audience. Well, praise the Lord, Vic.